Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, which means, my friends, I'm Ken Knapsack. And it means I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. This is one of our News and Cues episodes. Uh, we're excited to discuss the news and, of course, the cues, which stands for questions, because we don't want to say the whole word. No, that takes a lot of time, a lot of time. Uh, th- these episodes lately are just becoming the Kenobi Show hype episodes, and I'm here for it, Joseph. I'm <laughs> here for it. I will talk to just about anyone at any time about Kenobi, so I'm excited to have some more Kenobi talk. It's the Ewan McGregor Show here on Force Center. Uh, Before we get to the news and your questions and a lot more, we're going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, a little bit later, we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, and uh, it uh, helps you, and it helps us, and that's why we stand behind Audible on... uh, uh, that's not all what we uh, stand behind, uh, Joseph. What else we got today? <laughs> we are also standing behind Inside Editions. They publish a ton of great Star Wars books and many other kinds of great uh, pop culture books as well. They are offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. Uh, to get your discount, you can enter the coupon code FC35, or you can visit the website with this link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, uh, we've been recommending for weeks this great uh, galactic baking book. This week, we're recommending something new. It is a book called Star Wars Owner's Workshop Manual, Rebel Starfighters. Uh, this is one that Inside Edition sent us a while back, and I was flipping through it, and mm. it's really great. I, I thought it would be just technical. It's got some fun technical stuff, but it really does walk you through all of the different Rebel Starfighters, and it's very cool. So check it out with the code FC35. I'm going to get that, and I'm going to go right to that Y-Wing page. I think you all know that. Check it out, like Joseph said, with that code fc 35. Joseph, we like to catch up with ourselves and our fans and see uh, what kind of Star Wars of life adventures we had and often how they meet. Uh, how are you, sir? And how many uh, trips to Star Wars did you take this week? <laughs> I had some good uh, Star Wars adventures this week. Uh, in terms of life, it was just more of the same, which is good. You know, uh, just uh, <laughs> doing uh, various creative work, uh, working toward the future, all that great stuff. But the Star Wars adventure I had, Ken, uh, I kind of had a, a big one for me of um saturday uh i've been really trying to take saturdays all the way off uh my wife and i usually have a nice relaxing saturday my wife had to work this weekend so i was Mm. staring into uh, the beautiful blankness of a saturday that i had to decide entirely what to do with myself uh so i said the time has finally come uh i have been waiting since 2003 i started playing knights of the old republic oh wow this is big yeah, it's huge, huge. Uh, I've gone on such a weird journey with that game. Um, yeah. So 2003 is when it came out, right? Um, right. Around that time, I had this uh, uh, this big life change. Uh, broke up with the the uh, wonderful woman I had been living with. Uh, we're good friends now. Happy memories. 
but there was a breakup uh, and I had to go and, you know, kind of have a little bit of a life reboot, including yeah. buying my own laptop. And when I was buying the laptop, mm. I was checking the stats to make sure I could play Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> That's how like ready I was to play this game. Yeah. And, but then it was this weird time in my life where I had been a little irresponsible with video games and I had, right. I had overindulged. And then I was really starting this new life with this new computer. And I was like, if I put that game on this computer, <laughs> there are dark times ahead for old Mr. Scrimshaw. Not in general for anybody, but for where I was at right then. Yeah. So I was, I, I kept clicking on this, memorizing the stats. That's how close I was to having this game be like a major part of my life yeah. and then decided not to. And since then, it's always been, I'm going to play that. And then the legend of this game has only built since then. You know, I know we yeah. have so many listeners like that in some ways, this is their Star Wars, right? It's mm -hmm. um. It's an entry point. It's one of the most beloved things in Star Wars. I've read, you know, Wikipedia articles about this story. I've read up on the characters. I've talked to people about it. So I feel like it's kind of been in my life, but I've never sat down and played it. Um, it was like the the iPad version of it was like $5 on Star Wars Day on May the 4th. So I downloaded it then uh, and I got started. And it's such a weird kind of time travel. Yeah. Uh, both the the life experiences that it makes me think about it, like what what if I did play this back in two thousand three mm. two thousand four, and then of course it is just like here I, here I am playing it on you know an iPad, right, right, <laughs> uh, and it is you know it's definitely dated, um, but not in any way that that bothers me, yeah. Uh, but I'm just having a ton of fun. That's great. Um, I'm not far along at all. Uh, you know, obviously there are other people who have played this game a uh, ton, so mm. I'm not spilling any new shocking details, but yeah. you know, there's that light side, dark side meter of your choices. Mm. And I'm not far in this game at all, but I just had a great Saturday just going like, I'm going to make every light side choice. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to approach every person in case they need help, you know? And there's like one person you help early on where they're like, Oh, thanks for helping me. I guess I could give you something. And like one of the options respond is like, no, helping people is its own reward. And it's like, oh man, I could get, I know I could get something. And it's like, nope, helping people is its own reward. And it was, um, it was a really nice Saturday of just uh, helping people for the most part. Uh, and then there's this card game, Pazak, uh, mm. near the beginning. And and uh, I didn't get far in the game because I, I played a lot of Pazak. Oh, <laughs> that's good. This yeah. Is great. Yeah. So there's my fresh, fresh revelation of a video mm. game from 2003. This is well. This is huge because you know we really value our four center uh, friends and listeners uh, without a doubt. But I, I always feel that we've shortchanged them, Joseph, because so many of them love that game, and you and I, and, and even Jennifer, are like, yeah, we're not super familiar with it. Yeah, we heard of it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, now I feel as though you're you're representing uh, many <laughs> of the uh, voiceless Knights of the Old Republic fans in the four center world. Yeah, we'll see how long it takes me uh, to finish it. But yeah. right away when I was starting, I was like, oh, I know I know we both have a ton uh, yeah. on our plates and it's hard to make time for everything. Yeah. Uh, but there's some grizzled weirdos right at the beginning that I know mm. you would enjoy. Uh, you know, hey, maybe one day if you can tear me away when, it, you know, from my baseball game on my PS4, because whenever I have downtime, I just that's the world I need to turn off my mind in. Um, but, uh, you know, I've I've come close back. I'll tell you what, back at the Jedi Alliance days, there was a, a plan in place where I was going to play Knights of the Old Republic uh, on Twitch every Monday. Oh, wow. And uh, like for an hour or two. And uh, then I, I pulled out. I pulled out and was like, I just that's a lot of time. Yeah. 
So understandable response. I love, but this is a great question that you've asked yourself. It's just like, you know, if you had taken that deep dive in back in 2003, how would that have influenced your Star Wars fandom? How would you have looked at the prequels? I don't know those answers. Uh, and I, because I've asked myself that too, because you're right, the, the friends of my life who love that game, it's deep. Our pal Kev, Kev Smets, who loves that game and, and puts out kind of the Revan uh, fan films and everything like it, it, it's, it seems to be life-changing for them. And so I sometimes wonder, did I miss that change? And so, uh, you know, it looks like you have those same big questions to answer to. Yeah, I mean, right away there's this, uh, I'm not spoiling anything, that, you know, the, the planet you start on is uh, is under Sith quarantine. And, and the term Sith is really thrown around for, like, the sort of the army and for just kind of, like, right. the political group almost that is the Sith. And that's, like, really weird because that's very different than... Mm-hmm. You know, in canon, the Sith are, you know, is very specific dark wizards, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, there are those little things like that where, like, ooh, interesting. I can see if, you know, if that's the way this this has existed in people's minds for a long time. But they think the biggest thing is uh, you can always understand things intellectually and then it's a different thing to feel them. Mm. And I knew this. I knew it intellectually, but it was really good to feel it that. The game's immersive, right? You, mm-hmm. you are encountering everybody and you are making choices about how to treat them. Yeah. And I think that's what that is probably what bonds people to this game so much is you're living in this world. You can go back to your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you can just go uh, talk to people. You can, you know, go uh, sit and play cards and, you know, get really emotionally invested in the world. And I think that's probably why it has such a strong pull because it's not just a story that people have watched. It's a story that they have lived in. Yes, they've experienced, they've made choices, invested in their character. I get it. I'm thinking of me on a horse in Red Dead Redemption 2. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's got a lot of uh, Red Dead uh, energy to me. So yeah. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, my, That's great. my character's named Jazz Starlash. So we'll, uh, oh, Jazz and I will have some more adventures. That's perfect. The adventures <laughs> of Jazz. We'll keep you updated here. Yeah, so that's it. Sorry, it went on for a little while, but that yeah. is, uh, it's a big Star Wars adventure. I've been mm-hmm. waiting to start that for a long time. That's breaking news, man. That's big. That's big. Yeah. But let's, I want to hear about your uh, life indoor Star Wars adventures. You know, on my side, uh, you know, other than recovering from my uh, first little cold, and that's all it was, a little sinus infection. It's still kind of, um, I still sound like a seven-year-old snot-nosed kid a little bit here. Apologize to all the listeners here. But uh, yeah, it was my first uh, since like mid-2019, like, it so I it hit me a little bit harder than used to than it used to because it just felt so foreign to be sick again, <laughs> you know masks on hand cleaning distancing lockdowns I mean it just you did I didn't catch anything over the last year and a half so uh, that's that's been a bit of a battle but that um, uh, I did build a, a Lego Scout Trooper helmet uh, on my Twitch channel and that's uh, looking Ooh. really nice and I love these. Little- Can you put it on? I wish, man. I wish. <laughs> I have a supersized head anyways, but no, this is uh, uh, the little uh, Lego ones they've been releasing, so I'm going to put that on my display with my TIE Fighter, Stormtrooper, and Boba Fett. I don't have the Vader one yet. It's always fun to celebrate. You know, <laughs> I love those Scout Troopers. It was a birthday gift from uh, our uh, friend of the show, Trey Thompson. And then, uh, you know, this is, this is I'll say this, this is uh, sad news, um, sad news, but I'm uh, dedicating this episode to a friend of mine who passed away. His name was Gavin, uh, Gavin Siddharth, uh, one of my good friends from second grade on. Wow. And we, we hadn't talked over the last couple of years, life, life, distance, circumstances, uh, you know, life sometimes gets complicated. We, we had uh, tried uh, in 2018 to, to kind of reconnect and, and um, life got busy again. And so, hey, that's a lesson 
that's a lesson too. Uh, uh, time goes and uh, life goes fast. So, so connect and reconnect when you can. Uh, nothing bad had happened between us. It's just one of those situations where just, you know, I had moved out of my hometown in 1998, but he was my best friend from like second grade. And we didn't have the same class in second grade. We had, you know, element Margaret Harlow Elementary School, Royal Grande, California. And on the recess uh, playing fields there, one year, the second grade year, um, we, uh, our, our friends, you know, you ever heard that, Joseph, you ever had that thing growing up where like your group of friends, like one weird day, one's on vacation, one's sick, and you're kind of left alone on the playground. <laughs> Just oh, yes. Wandering <laughs> or around. Or the lunchroom. Yeah. Or the lunchroom. Uh, that was happened to me. And then this, uh, this friend of mine, Gavin, it happened, it happened to him and he was just kind of sitting in a soccer field by himself. And I just kind of went over and sat next to him in the soccer field. And we started talking about the favorite G.I. Joe vehicles we liked and the favorite Star Wars vehicles we liked and Star Wars. And we connected and became friends. I got, we, we connected by being, uh, you know, the castaways alone on a playground. Um, <laughs> I've been close friends for, for a long time. And, and um, uh, he, he was, uh, he was a bit like this uh, lovable character. He was kind of a bigger dude. And uh, we, I always talk, my first car was a Ford Fairmont, which was yours as well. And I had uh, dubbed mine uh, the Millennium Fairmont. And <laughs> if I was on Solo, he was definitely Chewbacca by size, <laughs> fur, and sometimes smell. He was just this big character. He was this big dude. And uh, he and I just had a good time. We would just drive around in circles around my hometown, listening to music for years, decades even, anytime I came to town. And he was the guy I saw Phantom Menace with. I saw it with a group of friends, roommates and stuff. But he drove down from my, my hometown and we saw it. And he sat next to me at the Winneka Theater, Pacific Theaters in Winneka, California, at 10 a.m. or 10.05 or whatever it was. And he was one. I've told the story of seeing... Phantom Menace and when the long time ago and Lucasfilm and the, the opening theme explodes and I reached over and grabbed a friend's shoulder and said, ah, I can't believe we're here. Uh, that was my friend Gavin. And um, uh, he passed away suddenly, unexpectedly last week. I actually didn't get the, the news for a couple of days and it, it kind of kind of shook me. Kind of sad, um, but I'm choosing to remember the positive times of uh, that. I will never, and you and I are talking about Qui-Gon this week, so I was re-watching Phantom Menace. It just seemed right to watch it again and relive that moment with my friends. So, uh, you know, uh, luminous beans are we. And I've uh, already had some good conversations driving around with my car this week, listening to music and talking to my friend from days gone by. So, the, Gavin, this Star Wars conversation uh, is for you, my friend. Oh, that is a great tribute, Ken. And yeah, I think a couple of things come to my mind listening to you share how much this uh, this person mm -hmm. was important to you and then how they sort of uh, walked through Star Wars with you. Yeah, it's just such a great reminder of we can absolutely put on our, our critical hats and, and discuss which which movies work for us and why and why not. And it's just always so important to me to remember that their their films, their stories, uh but they're also just like a big part of our lives and mm -hmm. they, when we choose to make them that and they connect us to individuals in powerful ways. And I think that's a part of what I always want to celebrate mm -hmm. by doing this podcast is, you know, we're talking about, you know, which shows are coming up and <laughs> are we worried about them? Or are we not? And all that stuff right. that, you know, filters them through is, is entertainment or art, but yeah. it's also a community and it, it has been for so long. And this is such a, a great example of that, that, the Phantom Menace is a billion things to a billion people. And for you, one of the things that will always be is grabbing your friend's shoulder mm -hmm. in excitement, you know? Yeah. 
I, 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 no, I, I think that's it's perfect what you're saying. It's always what we try to accomplish here. We, yeah, we dive deep and, yeah, the, you know, not everything will work for everyone and not every movie has to work, not just with Star Wars, but life and art and everything. But I, I think we never want to move too fast, uh, too far away from Star Wars being this powerful thing for our hearts and our souls. And you're talking about, I, oh, I loved that moment. I, I couldn't believe I was sitting in a theater in 1999 seeing new Star Wars, and that's what I was expressing to him. And then you come out of the theater, and then, no, oh, you got some thoughts, right? You got some thoughts. <laughs> and there was maybe a part uh, in my life, and I'm sure some listeners out there, especially of our generation, we always talk about that, is who moved away from that joy. And it doesn't mean everything is perfect. It doesn't mean it doesn't deserve some criticism. or. Uh, but I never, when it comes to Star Wars, I never want to move away too far from that joy. And I felt joy that day. And I always carry that with me. And, 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 and I do remember going to tie into back to even you when you and I started hanging out and working together, Jedi Alliance and everything. And it's like, I, I hearing you talk about the prequels, it, it, it was a very intelligent conversation about the prequels that I hadn't experienced before or in years, <laughs> but it's just like, Oh yeah, you're right. But also it, it, it allowed and move, helped help me move through that fog on the uh, shores of Naboo with the Gungan riding in the battle, helped me, me move past that fog of, well, 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 to that moment of, Oh my God, Gavin, we're watching Star Wars. <laughs> and you know, and that's, that's uh, part of the reason you and I love working together and, and, and uh, nearly a thousand episodes later oh. still are. Um, and it's that, it's that heart and, and soul of Star Wars that we're here to celebrate. Yeah. Reconnecting with that joy. Uh, well, I'm sorry that, uh, that you lost your friend, but what a great tribute. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. This one's for you, Gavin. So uh, from there, we are going to go to celebration times. Come on. It's moved up. <laughs> it's moved up. Breaking news last week, Star Wars Celebration 2022 moves up to almost, uh, we're almost like a year away from it now, which is crazy because you're like, oh, so far, it's here tomorrow. It'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> uh, the uh, the return of Star Wars Celebration was set for August 2022. Of course, they had to uh, postpone summer of 2020 uh, responsibly and I think correctly. Um, uh, and uh, they moved that uh, to August of 2022. It has now been moved up to a May. I want to make sure I got the date right because I may have uh, written that down wrong in my notes. I want to get it right. Yeah, uh, a May 25th. Uh, well, 26th or 29th, but Wednesday the 25th uh, through uh, Sunday the 29th. The big days are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, 25 might be, you know, you'll probably uh, gather Maybe go to an Applebee's, get ready for the event. I count that as a day. Uh, this is uh, big news and, uh, you know, um, makes a lot of sense. I don't know kind of the hows and whys and what's other, what's the reason for moving it up and what was going on around the same time. And I'm just for one excited about that. Uh, still in Anaheim, of course, uh, current ticket holders will have their tickets transferred automatically. Refunds uh, will be available until mid-June. So if you're listening and you're like, darn it, can't make that, uh, go act now. So let's start with that, Joseph. Just any thoughts on moving up or are you like me? I don't care the reasons. I'm just glad it did. <laughs> I'm always a little fascinated with the uh, reasons, but I'm mostly fascinated with the uh, the celebration of celebration. Just yeah. seeing everybody uh, on social media, so many people on social media, explode with joy. Uh, my experiences with celebration is that that title is very accurate. Yeah. That <laughs> even when people are wanting to discuss and debate or say their favorite, there's it's just being wrapped in a big. Uh, a big uh, hug of humans celebrating Star Wars. Uh, so I'm very excited uh, for it 
it coming back and excited to see all the, the excitement about it moving up. And like, yeah. we're just in that place where like, yes, even a couple months sooner means it's closer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think for reasons, you know, we can get into that stuff. It, 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 um, it absolutely might have to do with, Ooh, if we do it earlier in the summer, we can tee up this mm -hmm. thing that's coming. It, it could yeah. be scheduling based also just, uh, from being involved in performing at a lot of conventions, some of this stuff is also just uh, whatever uh, just labyrinth of contracts there are uh, mm. with convention centers or hotels and right. uh, the rules around them. So some of them, it might not be all that exciting. It might yeah. be yeah. the uh, the convention center preferred that and it yeah. was better for the contract. You, you know, you don't know. I, I Yeah, more, uh, more likely than not, that is probably the case of, uh, hey, uh, Star Wars, you want to move this up here? We got this window. We're going to be better for you because August, you got this, you got that. And and I'm sure the August 22 was, I don't want to say a stopgap, but, uh, you know, no one really knew what was going on when this was postponed the first time. In fact, Star Wars Celebration 2020 was one of the first, like, events of, like, are we, do we think we're going to go to that? Do we think we're going to go? We don't know. We don't know about the lockdown, the pandemic. We don't know. We don't know. And and they were one of the first to make that call, if I, re if I remember. So, you know, it might have been a bit of a stopgap, and they found a, a perfect home in May. I mean, come on, May twenty fifth, twenty sixth. This is Star Wars time. Yeah, that that pre convention Applebee's night you were discussing <laughs> is uh, that's uh, the actual uh, release anniversary of several of the films. Yeah, that's craziness. So, like I said, we're about a year away. Assuming all systems are normal in the world, look, I'm still probably going to be wearing masks for a long time because I liked not having the sniffles until this week. Um, <laughs> but uh, assuming it's normal uh, or somewhat normal, there might be a new normal. I get that. Uh, what are we looking forward to at this event? Uh, hopes and dreams for big reveals, panels. Uh, 2022 would put it 20 years after Attack the Clones. Joseph, uh, what are you looking for? That is the first thing I wrote down is mm. Attack the Clones 20th anniversary party. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the last one that that was uh, that we attended was 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace. And there was a lot in just like the merch that was built up to uh, celebrate Phantom Menace in a, in a great uh, panel. And I'm really looking forward to that celebration of Attack the Clones um, anniversary. You know, we just passed the actual the 19th um, mm -hmm anniversary and there's a lot of celebration of it on social media which makes right. me really excited to to actually have a big attack of the clones <laughs> multi-day party because uh, i love that movie even though it is probably the most criticized uh, yeah. of the films yeah. um the other thing then this just sent me on a really fun spiral can of trying to imagine how different the star wars landscape is going to be um yeah. when you're thinking about what exactly will have been released by then and what is going to be released right after. Like, right, if the right. convention is teeing something up, uh, not something that hasn't been announced, but just can what? you are we getting hyped for? Yeah. So, like, by May, late May of 2022, we know the Book of Boba Fett mm -hmm. will have aired. Uh, we know, most likely, Mandalorian Season 3, they're saying, is going to air right after Book of mm -hmm. Boba Fett, so that would be uh, early 2022. Uh, possibly and or since they're much farther right. along in the filming, it makes sense to me that that would be earlier in the year. Right. Um, and then Kenobi is a big question mark. So it could be to me that like uh, some of the panels kind of looking back or celebrating the possibility of the next season would be Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian right. uh, and or and maybe the big tee up is to get just get more and more buzz going for it is Kenobi's, mm. you know, debuting in June. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 
I'm also, I have to wait that long for Kenobi? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, they haven't announced official uh, release totally. dates. But that's that. You know, the conventions get people excited who are at the convention, but the conventions also generate a ton of coverage and yeah. social media, yeah. uh, you know, chatter. So really hyping up Kenobi makes some amount of sense to me. Oh, a hundred percent, and and you know that you'd almost be a year plus away from that 2023 release date, right? Uh, Rogue Squadron and Take Away TD and all the other rumor projects. And listen to you talk, Joseph. The landscape of Star Wars Celebration is very different from even 2019, right? Where it was yes. like movie and a show, and also some animation, some lookbacks, and some celebrations. But movie and a show. Now we got. Movies, question mark, and many shows. The amount of panels, the deep dives, it's, it's, it's they have, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. It, so the shows that I don't think have any chance of, of being, you know, uh, coming out in 2022, that there could still be panels about in, information and big reveals, right? Uh, yeah. Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, The Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they'll probably start announcing more things that are coming for Disney+. Right. Plus. I think there's a possibility of like a, a sizzle reel uh, for Rogue Squadron in mm-hmm. December 2023, right? Yeah. Um, it may be definitely something about the Taika Waititi movie, but even more than that, maybe a little bit of a picture of the future of film. Right. Yeah, you're totally right. Uh, the, the Lando series comes to mind. We don't know next to right. nothing about the Lando series. Um, uh, yeah, all those things. And, and um, you know, I'm having a lot of right. fun. The Star Wars yeah. Visions, too. I, I Star- don't want to forget yep. that. Yeah. No, if it's Star Wars Vision, if something like Star Wars Visions or more Star Wars Visions and all those games. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and you know, I'm thinking back to 2015. I have so many fond memories of Anaheim 2015. It was it was a, such a different time. And we were getting ready to launch into this brave new world. And we'd been, you know, Rebels and, and uh, New Dawn were kind of like the only things out and some of the new books. And so it's changed. And each convention's gotten bigger. And conventions, the convention culture just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it will come back. Um, uh, it, in, in the next year or two where, uh, you know, it's just going to be larger. So I can't even comprehend how just bursting with joy and relief and happiness <laughs> summer celebration 2022 will be. So counting down the days and so much to talk about versus, like I said, again, uh, not saying just, Oh, one movie in 2019, Rise of Skywalker. Like that was a huge event. Huge panel, but now you might have three of those. You know, you yeah. might have giant, giant panels on every day, all through the day. Right. Yeah, and that's the really interesting thing to me because, yeah, in 2019 it was Rise of Skywalker, Mando, and Clone Wars season seven. Those were the yeah. kind of the big things. Yep. And now, you know, each had their own panel, right? And now, imagining that you could have, you know, one panel for shows coming up on Disney Plus, or you could have, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like 23. Not right. quite. Right. But you know what I mean. Man, uh, going to be exciting, going to be fun. Um, Force Center will be there in some shape or form or another. We'll be there. Whether we're just uh, in a corner booth at Bubba Gump Shrimp over around the corner on Catella, I'll let you know. But we're going to be there. Going to be a lot of fun. We might just be hanging out. Maybe we'll just hang out for, for four days on Galaxy's Edge, Joseph. Just hang Yeah, out absolutely. Well, I know I am. I am. I can't wait to be home among the action figures on the floor. Oh, yeah. On the show floor. 
Absolutely. We have a date with destiny there. You, me, Brian Ward, walking around again, just looking at figures, <laughs> looking at figures. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on anything with Star Wars Celebration uh, 2022, of course. Uh, next story, though, another week, another round of Ewan McGregor getting us hyped for the Kenobi series, titled Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's speculate some more, Joseph. This was uh, during an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, Ewan was uh, what, promoting uh, the new TV show he's on Halstead. Um, and um, Ewan dropped some fun tidbits for the upcoming series at the start of the interview. Uh, though we did mention the st- at, the, at the start of the interview, he mentioned uh, all these quote reveals spoil it for the fans, which I thought was great, uh, uh, you know, to hear someone on the inside of Crater just being like, man, stop leaking stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he really has that perspective. Like, I'm act- an actor. I'm working on the story. And then when the story's done, we'll show it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, uh, any interview always is, will you Will you tell me things? And he's yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think I said Halston. Halston. I meant Halston, the fashion designer Halston. I know who Halston <laughs> is, people. I just said it wrong. Um, yeah, but, but from there, from saying that, he went into... Some, you know, little tidbits, little tidbits, uh, just getting this hyped up here. Uh, he said that on May 4th, because Jimmy asked him if they celebrated Star Wars Day, he said, well, yeah, and he shot a scene with someone very special in his life, not necessarily related to him. There was some speculation that uh, his uh, oldest daughter might have been uh, who he was talking about, but he says not necessarily related. Um, his uh, partner's girlfriend, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is a, is a thought. I was just, you know, Ahmed Best with the Jar Jar beard. I mean, come on, come on. But he says he's never, uh, I believe he's never been on screen than before wild speculation we have nothing to go on joseph so let's dive in it's absolutely grogu for sure 100%. that's what he's talking about <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that could very well be uh, grogu i think would be very special to ewan <laughs> mcgregor <laughs> no i think uh i my guess is it's, it actually is uh his daughter mm. and and then he was hedging on it not necessarily related to me or right. else it's like some person that there's no reason for us to know it is right you know uh, some old uh, childhood friend or a stunt double or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, somebody who has been in his life in a non-famous capacity. I, it's a fun thing to speculate on, but I don't think there's any, for myself, I don't think there's any depth. I don't think there's, yeah. we're going to dig to find anything uh, story related that is that, you know, uh, significant. Yeah. Well, he says, you know, shot a scene with someone very special. It doesn't necessarily say that the scene was special. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it really could be like, uh, I'm looking for uh, a canteen on this planet. Which way is it? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And it's his friend Bob from primary school. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree with that. It's just kind of fun to uh, to, to think about. Um, and uh, everyone taking big swings. I'm right there with you. I, 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 I want him to, you know, I want it to be something big. But I also just love this part of it, this part of the process. If, if he's having clearly having fun being back in this role and excited to be in this role as, as a performer. I don't think he really, and though I know they tried for years, I do not think he's the type of uh, actor that would have said, sure, if he didn't really want to do it and didn't feel they could do it. And the fact that he hung through these different iterations shows that he has a lot of faith in what he's doing, but also having a lot of fun. And he seems to be having fun doing this role again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he seems legitimately jazzed about the volume, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that him trying to explain it. We're in this, uh, and he's making the gestures with his hands yeah. in a circle. <laughs> and we're like, it's the volume, Ewan. It's called the volume. The volume. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love that moment because you could, yeah, he's he's clearly visualizing what he sees. And I'm like, what does he see? And tell us, Ewan, tell us. Ewan. <laughs> uh, I also just think it's a, a great thing to remember, you know, he always shows in interviews his, his perspective of like, mm-hmm. I'm an actor. 
I, I just want to tell the story. Then you see the story. And I really felt like in the beginning of this interview when Jimmy Kimmel was joking with him and saying, like, is Darth Vader's dressing room bigger than yours? And then Ewan kind of made a joke and then kind of hedged of like, well, if he's even in the show. And Jimmy Kimmel was like, he is. It's been announced. <laughs> and it truly seemed to me like Ewan McGregor, you know, he's an actor trying to do his job. He's yeah. caring about, you know, the character and the experience. Uh, and he doesn't remember whether or not it's been announced that Vader's in it. And it really yeah. seemed like a wait. Am I not supposed to acknowledge that? <laughs> hey, hey, what now? What now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great moments there. He also said, uh, uh, you know, Jimmy asked him about putting on the old costume again, the Kenobi costume. And Ewan said the Obi-Wan costume is, quote, slightly different than you might expect. And this uh, spurned some uh, speculation as well. And, uh, you know, as I stare up at my uh, sideshow figure of Obi-Wan in a cloak with some armor and a lot of things going on up there, uh, what do you think? You're, you're the Kenobi guy here, Joseph. What's your dreams for a slightly different Kenobi costume? Yeah, I think that the idea that he didn't just have uh, the robes he arrived in and those are the robes that we see him wearing in A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> and he just pays, I guess, a lot for the water on Tatooine to wash them. Uh, <laughs> the idea that there is some sort of iteration of of the robes that are not his Jedi robes, you know, not quite the robes that he's wearing in A New Hope. So something with that, that it is some iteration of a different version of his farmer robes, more uh, rugged and exploring like that sideshow. Mm. The other thing that, that occurred to me is... Uh, if, and, and we are speculating, hopefully responsibly, yeah. if he does indeed go off world, and this is not just uh, Kenobi's long nights of thoughts in the desert. Mm -hmm. um, if he goes venturing off world, maybe he does not want to be dressed like a farmer slash Jedi. So mm -hmm. it's a really interesting idea. Uh, uh, many other people I'm sure have had this, but an image that occurred to me, not an idea, yeah. an interesting image of uh, Obi-Wan dressed more like a smuggler rogue type. Yeah. Like Obi-Wan... Kenobi looking more like Han or Poe Dameron fashion sense would be pretty amazing. Rise of Skywalker Poe comes to mind. Just a good ascot, <laughs> some rolled up sleeves, and some uh, hiking boots. I like this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious about that. That's, uh, yeah, that's actually kind of exciting. Yeah. As far as like, you know, 10 years in on that desert. I imagine, you know, he's probably going to dress somewhat the same, and there's some great purpose behind it in New Hope. Obviously, we get that. We, you know, rebels, we see him. He's he's dressed dressed like the Kenobi we know. But some some casual version of that, you know? There's enough people now believing he's Ben. He's just hitting, hitting into town to head, hit the store, maybe grab a snack. You know, it's a little different Kenobi. Shorter cape, <laughs> no hood. I don't know. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. I think whatever it is, it's going to be story-related, and I'm yeah. super excited to see it and buy the action figures. And there you go. That's that's the big thing. That's the big takeaway. More Kenobi action figures and merchandise. <laughs> uh, final thing for me in this interview, as a just such a 90s nostalgia pop culture nut uh, and, and a huge Oasis fan, hearing him kind of confirm the story that on Noel Gallagher's 30th birthday in 1997, by the way, uh, that he uh, had a lights, uh, they, t they had a drunken and probably more influenced lightsaber fight in the morning after the party <laughs> and that neither really remembers it other than they remember it happened. That's peak 90s for me. Phantom Menace era... Ewan McGregor, uh, uh, lightsaber fighting with Noel Gallagher. Uh, it's um, it's an overload for me. Oh yeah, no, that I, that's uh, very exciting. Uh, if you're uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of the the band and uh, and Ewan McGregor, but I also just like the um, it's such a great little crystallization of the different way we talk about things in pop culture that it becomes yeah. some 
a clickbait article at some point, right? That uh, yeah. Ewan McGregor gave uh, uh, him, uh, Noel Gallagher, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, gave him a lightsaber lesson, right? <laughs> like that's the clickbait version of it. And then without being super direct, you know, in a charming way, Ewan McGregor's like, uh, no, it was uh, some... 20 somethings having a drunken lightsaber fight in a garden like many people have had. Yeah. It's not that special. Not that special. After a night of partying with probably a lot of things we shouldn't party with uh, at this age. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just a little highlight for me as well. So, as always, we're, you know, I think we're just going to, Joseph, let's just admit it. If there's some Kenobi news, we're going to get behind it because uh, this is uh, just shaping up to be one of our. Uh, not just favorite shows. This is just, this isn't a Star Wars event I cannot wait for. Totally agreed. Final story of the day. Uh, we got a little bit of a little uh, excerpt from uh, Race, to, Race to Crash Point Tower. This is Daniel Jose Older's uh, med- middle grade reader, not even young, young at all, middle grade reader for the High Republic era. Uh, we took a, a, a little uh, scan through the excerpt. Uh, Joseph, any thoughts and themes jump out of you here uh, about what we got going on? Yeah, no, I it thought that it had some great, uh, you know, teases of exactly what what it makes sense for Star Wars, uh, but also in particular for uh, the middle grade reader of mm-hmm. uh, being in the main character uh, Lula's head as she is wrestling with her emotions of, you know, uh, I, I want to be the best Jedi ever, but I know I'm already not doing great because the Jedi shouldn't want to be <laughs> the right. best Jedi ever. And, you know, wrestling with those uh, very relatable issues of uh, coming of age and, and proving yourself and uh, what you want to be versus what you know you should be. Uh, those kind of just, I think those are the main themes. Uh, the excerpt also had uh, the the revelation of the other characters, uh, natural, beautiful, flowing, organic planet having been ravaged, uh, yeah. which is also just a great Star Wars theme. And uh, I think a middle grade uh, theme of uh, loss of, Loss in general, but loss of home in particular. So mm. a lot of great uh, thematic ideas floating around in it. Yeah, the Nile uh, doing their thing there. We also got Vernestra Rowe coming back as the High Republic era expands story-wise and character-wise. We got uh, uh, the uh, Drengir, uh not necessarily in this story, uh, but it seems like uh, a group have gone, on, gone off to fight them as we move into this next phase and the Rising Storm and all that stuff coming out. Uh, we got the Great Republic Fair that a lot of the new stories are going to be built uh, built along, so uh, built around. So I'm excited to uh, dive into that. Uh, and you mentioned it, Joseph, uh, as the High Republic area, which is this big publishing initiative. It it clearly knew it, and they wanted to go into this middle grade kind of reader level. Where what what value do you find in that as just a Star Wars fan uh, uh, go in this direction as well, including it in the bigger picture? Yeah, I think the the power of the middle grade is that it is about coming of age, right? Mm-hmm. It is about that taking your first steps. And I think sometimes when you read those stories, it, you know, if if you're an adult and you're in more of a jaded mood, you could be like, yeah, 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 I, I already right. went through that. <laughs> but I always approach it as like, uh, I think uh, we are always wrestling with those. What is the next step of our evolution? You know, who are we? now versus who are we striving to be and i'm still getting a lot out of uh, the middle grade stories because i think it's it's wrestling with those stories that are super important uh for people to encounter as they are young in the same mm-hmm. age as the main characters but i still find value in them because i think there there is a connected humanity of always evolving and always coming of age mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. i'm just coming of older ages than yeah. these characters yeah no look I'm right there with you on that. That and um, you know, I don't go around reading middle grade 
readers in any other franchise or just stroll through that section at a, at a bookstore if there's bookstores around. Um, but for Star Wars and the Star Wars fan and for us kind of diving into the, the franchise and just the story overall, I think it's so valuable just to break it all down to the beginning. We can make our jokes about being uh, old and uh, all those kind of things, but I always go back to watching Rebels or Clone Wars and you go to commercial break and, you know, Cartoon Network uh, kids commercials come up and you can laugh, oh, I'm watching a kid's show. But I think it just forces you to focus on the bare bones building blocks of Star Wars. And I love kind of revisiting that from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think these books are very uh, specifically that. The other thing about this excerpt that I found really interesting is to me, the sort of both the storytelling structure and the marketing structure of the High Republic is coming into focus. Right. In that um, that the that line uh, where they say, "But everyone else was off fighting an army of carnivorous plant creatures called the Drenger." That to me sounds like the Rising Storm. Almost like mm. the literal adult characters are off in the adult book. <laughs> yes, and you can read. So it's starting to feel like you can just read the adult books. Like you could just read Light of the Jedi and mm -hmm. then you, there's some other characters in your adventures are mentioned, but you can just pick right up with the rising storm and you will have a full experience. And then at this middle grade level, I feel like that's happening too, because uh, these main characters from the book are, are from uh, Daniel Jose Older's uh, comic, Star Wars High Republic Adventures, mm -hmm. which is technically uh, for younger readers. Um and then you have Vernestra Rowe appearing too. So it's feeling to me like, just like you could just read the quote-unquote adult books, you could just read the mm -hmm. middle-grade comics and books and you would still see all these connections. So it feels like it's absolutely working uh, for people like us who are you know trying to read all of it, uh, but you could just read at any <laughs> right. of the various levels and stay uh, a little bit of continuity between the reading levels. Yeah, well, yeah, well said indeed, and it, and it's uh, firing on all cylinders, and 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 the years it took to kind of get to this point, to the, all this to finally come out, uh, you know, they they know what they're doing, they know what they wanted to do, and I and the the general just every book selling out and top of the charts and 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 the reception there, it's uh, it's been a big win so far. So I'm excited to dive into uh, e even this one here. I say even like well, not to downgrade it. I'm excited to uh, go back to the core of Star Wars with. The Race to Crash Point Tower, which will be released on June 29th. And, you know, we'll talk about it here on Force Center. All right, let's look at the Star Wars news uh, right now. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, Joseph, we got our Force Center recommends an audiobook we want uh, everyone to maybe try out on us. Just a suggestion. But, yeah, you know, what do you got? <laughs> Yeah, just a suggestion. Not even trying to do any Jedi mind tricks. Just mm. a suggestion. Uh, but we are lightly suggesting uh, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Uh, I'm really, really excited for uh, The Rising Storm, which is coming out soon. And so if anybody wants to get caught up on the High Republic, I think giving a listen to Light of the Jedi is the way to start. It is a great way to start. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. We'll reset. But on the other side, we got your questions here on Force Center. Hold up. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. All right, we are back here on Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar store of our fleet. Joseph, what are our questions today? Yeah, we got two questions from Twitter, and we got two questions from our patrons on Patreon. And we're going to start with Twitter with Mike Fink. Uh, Mike says, if some of your fave characters could have a pet, we're talking salacious crumb level, not a rancor, <laughs> who could you see having a little organic versus droid sidekick? And what kind of pet would it be? What kind of fun would it get into? <laughs> this is such a fun and wholesome question. <laughs> it is. Uh, if a Star Wars character had a little uh, organic buddy, uh, who would it be? What kind of fun would they get into? Where did your mind go, Ken? Well, Joseph, my mind went some spots. It went some places. Uh, and I took uh, a, a pet from the real world and some pets from uh, Star Wars. So I'll start with this one. I uh, I am a fan of ferrets, okay? I've, I had uh, an old prior relationship. Um, I had about three or four ferrets in my life. Uh, interesting little cats. Uh, not cats, interesting little ferrets. Um, and so I love them. So I was like, well, who do I place a ferret with in Star Wars? And who's one of my favorite characters? Uh, I settled on Claude. Um, <laughs> the reason being, you and I love Claude, and we think he's great at his job. We just don't really know how he does it. Um, no hands as far as we know. He's got the little things on his head. You know, he, he obviously makes do and he's good and he's respected. But what I love about a ferret is they do go get things for you and they do steal things that they really like. I've experienced that firsthand of no matter where you put it, they'll find it in your room and they'll take that one item. So I think a, a funny ferret rolling around Claude that goes and gets things for him and uh, he gets through his job. It's it, you, you hire Claude, you have to hire the ferret. That's the first place I went. Oh, I think that's great. Um, uh, my mind went a couple different places. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, went to Obi-Wan Kenobi because we're talking mm -hmm. about him so much. And I just wondered if he, if, you know, I'm sure he got lonely in his hut. If you ever had like a trained womp rat, mm -hmm. Mm. <laughs> just to keep him company a little bit, you know, just to, yeah. you know, sit by his side while he did some reading, you know, Love that. A nice, uh, fun companion. This one then, my mind went to a weird place, Ken. Okay. Um, I know uh, Mike mentioned Salacious Crumb, but there, there are so many good uh, quacking monkey lizards, uh, all of the different ones uh, that are featured in the Clone Wars helping out Hondo Onaka. You know, I have to think that we have seen a lot of nefarious quacking monkey mm. lizards. Mm -hmm. But I have to think that if someone approached them with uh, love and kindness and understanding, that quacking monkey lizards could also be uh, really great buddies 
And that's why my mind created a picture where Finn has brought together a small army <laughs> of loyal Quackian monkey lizards to hang out with, uh, but also, you know, defend yeah. one another if necessary. Yeah. And that, you know, maybe somebody kind of corners Finn <laughs> he's early in his Jedi training. Uh, they they think that he's an easy target. Yeah. And then Finn's, Finn's just like, all right, gang. And all these Quackian monkey lizards come running out to defend him. I love that. Resistance, <laughs> uh, uh, New Republic, Quackian monkey lizards. That's exactly, great. exactly. They're part of the cause. Okay, okay. Um, I, I have two more. Um, I, I maybe thought too hard about this, Joseph. Um, <laughs> maybe too hard. Uh, I'm going first with uh, Emperor Palpatine with a, a, a loath cat named Lightning. <laughs> um, I'm a dog person and a ferret person. Don't have anything against cats too much, but I, I'm allergic to them, number one. But I don't know Palpatine just seems like a cat owner. Seems like... The, the the old man on the uh, on the ledge with just a, a really angry maybe smelly hissy cat so I'm giving him lightning the loath cat yeah no I like that I uh, I have uh, had uh, cats growing up I have known many cats yeah. uh, and it's happened more than once where I have gone to a friend's house and they've said hey uh, are you okay with cats I'm like oh yeah I like cats and you know I, I can usually kind of have a nice relaxed friendly vibe and yeah. and put animals at ease. And they'll be like, uh, not my cat. <laughs> my cat is an asshole. Uh, do not make eye contact with him or he will make you bleed. <laughs> and there's those kind of cats out there. Uh, yeah. I'd say this is somebody who loves cats who are like professional asshole cats, yes. right? Uh, yes. In the idea that uh, Palpatine would have an asshole cat named Lightning <laughs> of like, of Masamita is trying to give him updates and then Masamita yeah. just feels horrible pain at his ankle. <laughs> and Palpatine's like, sorry. <laughs> lightning, no, no. Lightning, <laughs> lightning. Uh, so there's that one. And then um, I went to Kira, you know, mm. Amelia Clark, one of my favorites. And, you know, season three of Game of Thrones comes to mind of the dragons of a certain age where they just kind of hung on her uh, shoulders and kind of helped in, in, intimidate people she was meeting with, right? Um, I, I don't want to have a dragon in Star Wars. So if we're going to have a Kira series or Kira versus Maul or we're going to make Solo 2 happen, I want Kira in a position of power in Crimson Dawn with a wart named Blurp at her side. <laughs> just at her feet. And anytime someone says something that's questionable or a lie, it just blurp, blurp, just, just warts its way through life. And uh, she'll say, oh, you know, I think Blurp doesn't like you. I don't like you either. And uh, I think she's in a, entrenched in a position of power with her wart blurp. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, my final one is the light side version of uh, your Palpatine one. Nice. Uh, which is, you know, Ray uh, throughout her, her career uh, is, is a character mm -hmm. uh, has shown empathy. Uh, and I feel yeah. like she is, she's going around the galaxy, maybe uh, finding old Jedi stuff or, or helping people or looking for people who want to be trained. Maybe I think that she eventually has a cat that is or a, a ship that is full of Tukas, right? Mm. Uh, Cause she's not gonna let a Tuka just uh, be alone out there in the galaxy. Right? No. Oh God. No. I mean, oh, you, you know, Ray is really involved with rescue shelters. In Star Wars. Yeah, like, she might start a rescue shelter program before she restarts the Jedi Order. <laughs> yes. Are you going to restart the Jedi Order? Yes, but first, I need to save a lot of animals. <laughs> I'm working on the Tuca rescue program first. And I would support her. I would support her in that. That's great. Absolutely. Great. great question, Mike. Uh, th those were all yours, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. I, I stopped myself. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I started going down a, a long uh, space squirrel uh, <laughs> rabbit hole, but a squirrel hole uh, because I was delighted to see the space squirrels in that 2D Clone Wars micro series. Right. But I'm going to stop myself. We will return to the space squirrels mm. in the future. For now, we'll move on to our next question from Twitter, which comes from Revan1872. Uh, Revan says, hi, guys. Why do you think cut? inhibitor chip never went off during order 66 anybody who is not caught up on the bad batch we're going into a little bit of spoiler territory uh cut laquane uh the clone who made the choice the proud choice for him to desert to leave the war behind and make a different choice uh, it appears that his inhibitor chip didn't go off and if he did if it did uh he didn't bother to tell the bad batch much about it <laughs> yeah yeah so do you ha have you given this thought, Ken? I, I know I've seen this question floating around the internet. What are your thoughts? I, I, I What's funny with Cut, I don't know if we'll ever get the answer, right? Because we don't know if we'll ever see Cut again. Maybe another animated series will pop up and it'll be like a trilogy of Cut stories and Clone Wars, <laughs> Bad Patch, and uh, Rebels 2 or whatever. So maybe we'll get the official answer down the line. And maybe, you know, it, you, it's fun to get lost in the, the kind of, I don't know, scientific weeds of Star Wars, if, if you will. I, my head canon, Joseph, is is this kind of this idea of seeing with uh, Crosshair and how maybe some part of him was, uh, some part of his clone soul was in line with what the inhibitor chip was trying to make him do, as we saw in the opening sequence. And I mean, this mm -hmm. is very general, you know, but just like the spirit of it, I'm not saying Crosshair was like, yeah, yeah, let's kill Jedi. But just there was already, there's maybe something already there. Maybe Cut had just been so far removed and made that choice and so confident in his choice that maybe the inhibitor chip just couldn't connect with anything that was there. Maybe it just fought it off naturally on some energy level that we don't fully understand. It's kind of a in the clouds answer, but I just, he's such a, he's such a strong character. He made such a strong choice that maybe the inhibitor chip just couldn't find purchase in his soul. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a, a, the a nebulous answer to some extent, like you're saying, mm -hmm. but it is also the one that just kind of rings true emotionally yeah. of that he's got this extreme individuality, this desire for freedom, and these are all uh, thoughts that he's, you know, held up to the light and turned around. They're not just like, ah, I was following my gut and I ended up here, it, it, I mean, initially, but then he, he's really examined those thoughts, right? So. Mm -hmm maybe there is some amount of the inhibitor chip fired and, and just didn't uh, didn't have uh, enough success against uh, the amount of indi individuality and freedom and mm. self-identity that uh, Cut has built up. Um, yeah. That's like the story that makes sense to me on kind of like an emotional level. Um, but yeah, but it, we're all different as Star Wars fans and sometimes like, hey, great, that works emotionally, but how, mm. why? <laughs> right, right. What are the details? Uh, and for that, where my headcanon goes is, you know, we've got a great story in the Clone Wars uh, season six where we saw a faulty uh, inhibitor chip. That's mm -hmm. the whole story of of Tup, whose yep. uh, inhibitor chip, you know, went off uh, randomly and wildly and, and caused him pain and, and disease and, you know, uh, the whole story of Fives trying to dig into it. So it also could be that Cuts is faulty, uh, mm -hmm. but in a different way in that it went off and just like, but it just didn't work or just didn't go off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a bad day, a headache, and that was about it. <laughs> and that was about it. Uh, yeah. Two other thoughts: like it could be that this that there is also more of a story, and he just didn't express it to the Bad Batch, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's always the possibility that there's a story there, and and we haven't heard it yet. 
the other thing for me is there is still, I think, a, a little bit of a beautiful, wonderful ambiguity with mm. the inhibitor chips. Yeah. Uh, you know, lots of little details have been added over the years. Uh, but for me, there's something more to their activation that's left to explore in canon. Because mm-hmm. to me, it, it it has to be something more than just literally hearing Sidious say, execute Order 66, right? Right. Because we have all of these very painful scenes yeah. <laughs> of Sidious saying that to the commanders. And there's, but there's, we've seen clones attack Jedi who were uh, out of earshot, you know? Right, right, right. So it's, it, I don't think it's just a verbal command. I feel like there's something more that happened in that moment. You know, yeah, yeah, it's it's right now like a techno hypnosis, uh, hypno, hypnosis is what I'm trying to say. You know, <laughs> it, it comes across like that, and I've always thought, yeah, it, it works for me that it might be a little bit more. Yeah, like is it a uh, you know, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the the right word where it kind of goes from uh, one person to the next. Maybe yeah. it is a little bit of a domino effect. Uh, who knows? You yeah, know? Oh, yeah. I think there's something more to explain, and in the fact that Cut is far away from other clones and far away from any relationship with the Jedi, right. uh, maybe that uh, assisted as well. Uh, yeah, 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 totally agree with that. Yeah, again, yeah, maybe something did happen. We'll see. Yeah, chain reaction. There we go. It's Monday. I was going to say, reaction. I was going to say a game of telephone where one's like, order 66, <laughs> hey, uh, we got to go somewhere at six. Hey, dinner's <laughs> at six. It's, uh, I ordered a sandwich. It's the number six. <laughs> what? Executors. Uh, got it, got it. Uh, great question, uh, Revan. We'll move on to our questions uh, from Patreon. Uh, Douglas Dubois says, with the ever-expanding slate of Star Wars content, be it books, TV shows, films, etc., the opportunities to explore different kinds of storytelling seem endless. Uh, but when a new Star Wars movie comes out, the inevitable lines in the sand must be drawn on things like Star Wars human or humor, which are crossed at your peril. Hmm. Obviously, in the shows like uh, Rebels, Clone Wars, etc., there have been episodes which dive heavily into horror or political espionage type genre storytelling, for example. But could we ever see a movie that pushes the boat farther out on this kind of thing? And what is an example you'd love to see? I'd love to see a John Hughes style coming of age film about a bunch of kids, uh, young adults from Coruscant out of their comfort zone, maybe tangling with some of the dangers of the underworld along the way and learning some valuable life lessons. And obviously, the comedy factor is going to have to uh, breach that Star Wars humor invisible wall. Uh, great thoughts here from Douglas and, and great question. I want to kind of uh, separate it out, Ken, and, and mm-hmm. first just talk about the the Star Wars humor. I think Douglas is so right to point out that uh, among the things that can sometimes divide fans, uh, the style of humor in Star Wars and what the style of Star Wars humor should be is one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about that these days? How are you processing different kinds of star Wars humor and the strong opinions about them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I'll be honest. It, it's, it's been the the focal point of some of maybe my fiercest um, off camera debates with some friends uh, and not every bit of comedy is going to work for everybody. Uh, you and I know from dancing in the comedy world for decades now, not everything's going to hit mm-hmm. and you got to know what you're trying to do. And I think you and I both uh, are the types that view comedy as a form of communication for us. It's a language for us. We are trying to talk to the world and talk, uh, talk about the world through our comedy. And that doesn't mean I don't like silly things, uh, or a little stupid humor here now and then. I absolutely do. Um, so comedy from character is big for me. I know it's big for you. And I think that's when, when it works in star Wars, I think comedy as a, as a bit of a communication, I think it parts of it. Most of it works for me in last Jedi. Uh, I know it doesn't work for everyone and not all of it stands up for me 
in uh, the sequel era, but I thought the sequel era just by far is the funniest of the eras. <laughs> Uh, and and I really love a lot of the stuff in Rise of Skywalker now, maybe even more than I love in Last Jedi or Force Awakens, where it seems to be funny, character-based banter, mm-hmm. tying a little bit to Empire Strikes Back, which which ha- is probably the, the funniest of the, 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 the original trilogy era. Um, I'm just in rewatching, you know, on Pasana, just the whole stuff with the 3PO and the, you know, Festival of the Ancestors and the <laughs> look back at nothing because everyone's staring at him. I just, it's all, that stuff really works for me. Um, yeah. And the, no one asked, but I'm okay too, right? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, that, but like, yeah. that's one of my favorite Star Wars laugh lines that comes from a very character based place. Yeah. Yeah. And our droids, uh, you know, is this the afterlife or droids allowed? Like, uh, yeah. And a lot of it, it's character stuff. It's, it works for me. Um, but I know it doesn't work for everybody. But but then but again, it all goes to the original. Tri- a lot of it comes from what uh, what the original trilogy was. Those are the people to seem to be most grumpy to me because we were the most grumpy about the prequels. And not believe me, not everything hits in the prequels for me. But I, again, watch Return of the Jedi. I was seven. One of my favorite lines is that guy's wise, and Ewok said that guy's wise. <laughs> like, come on, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Return of the Jedi, but uh, some of Harrison Ford's delivery is not subtle, right? No, I, he's, he <laughs> he he plays some of those laugh lines pretty big, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's not a criticism; it's just an observation of yeah. the different styles of humor uh, mm-hmm. that can come from Star Wars. Yeah, I think for me, again, I think Douglas is super right to point it out because comedy is extremely subjective. Um, it, it, there's some comedy that that I think surpasses. Uh, cultural uh right. norms to something like very very universal i think that's why really truly great physical comedy mm-hmm. uh truly surprising physical comedy gets past language and just to the the, right. the experience of being human right yep. um but any any humor that starts to really get into language and and cultural expectations of what is normal and what isn't and therefore what is funny between what you're cr- contrasting and you know are you advocating in your comedy that things should stay the same or are you advocating that things should change there's mm-hmm. so much in comedy that is subjective star wars also super subjective put them together <laughs> ultimate uh utterly subjective utterly taste and yeah. life experience based um so i think i just like approaching it is like it is always going to be something where people have really strong and different opinions i think for me you said it really well ken of the comedy in star wars ranges from the like very light, very uh, fun and silly and goofy. Chewie roars at the mouse droid and it does a little oop and turns around and goes the other way. And then Chewie kind of laughs, you know, like yeah. that's from the original film. Um, there's always going to be a little bit goofy, a little bit uh, slapsticky uh, comedy in Star Wars. And then there's going to be a lot of this sort of wry character based stuff, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, those are kind of the polar extremes of comedy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Star Wars is always going to play at both ends of that spectrum. So I, I just kind of accept it. And there's there's things that pop up in, certainly in the uh, prequels. Mm. Uh, I, I'm still not a fan of uh, Vader's choke on your ambitions. Um, mm. Like that doesn't work for me, but I accept it. Because yeah. there's going to be lots of different kinds of humor in Star Wars. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so to Douglas's uh, larger question yeah. about that genre exploration, uh, back when we were all real excited about all these uh, 
a Star Wars story movies that were going to come out. We talked a lot in early days of Force Center about the different kind of genre movies uh, that might come out. And, you know, the Disney Plus shows might lean harder into one genre or other. So to Douglas's actual question about different genres in Star Wars, we used to talk about this, uh, you know, a lot when we were excited for all of the potential of a Star Wars story. But now we don't know what the film slate is going to be. We kind of don't know what's going to be on uh, Disney Plus over all the years. So there is that possibility of Star Wars shows that really explore different genres and, and take them head on. If Star Wars stories start doing that, Ken, what kind of genres or stories would you be excited to see? Yeah, with with, uh, with things not being on the big screen, less pressure on these things, right? This is the, the bonus of Disney Plus, and uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I think I've talked about this one before, but I love the idea of gathering a team, uh, underworld superstars, so maybe there's some rebels in need of some resources, and they're going to go Ocean's Eleven style on the Canto Bike Casino. Just go in yeah. there, like Soderbergh's Ocean's Eleven. I love that movie. I've talked about it often here before. Uh, so, yeah, go in. They need to get in a canto bite. Yeah. You want Mieber Gascon on the team? Do you want this to be a Gascon's 13? I mean, you just you just got to go picture right there for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that is a great one. The heist. Uh, Rogue <laughs> One has a tiny, tiny, I think, element of heist, mm-hmm. but it's much more war and drama. Yeah. So a full heist uh, and everything that entails would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've seen a lot of Clone Wars that can dance around with different genres, right? But yeah, give me that one there. And then the other one here, I, this is kind of a silly title. I'm poking, maybe it seems like I'm poking fun, but I'm not. But I'm calling it Han and Leia Get Their Groove Back. And it is uh, young and marriage. And I know, I know we couldn't do it. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't do it. Um, uh, we'd have to recast. So uh, you know what? Billy Lord, throw her in there. She, she, she could, uh, she could uh, play uh, young uh, Leia in my mind. Um, but kind of them early, maybe Ben is a young kid. They're trying to you know, keep the, the, the marriage alive while, while the galaxy is being rebuilt and all those things. Maybe the stakes are a little lower, but I, I go to the Empire Strikes Back banter, the bogey Bacall banter that they got going on. I love that stuff. You know, you know, get, I'm here to get you out. You got your clearance to leave. That, I love that scene. Um, so give me some of that uh, in, uh, in a Star Wars Han and Leia love story. Yeah, I think there's great on tap potential in, uh, you know, romantic comedy is probably a term that some people aren't aren't sure about. But mm-hmm. that classic, like you're saying, Bogey and Bacall, all sorts of that kind of genre, you know, er, that kind of dialogue, that great sparking dialogue uh, between a couple. You know, that that's, appears in everything from screwball comedies to, you know, film noir. It's such a great tradition, that kind of just great banter to motivate a, a movie is great. Yeah. I also like the idea that if uh, Ben's a baby, that he's, you know, crawling around and getting into trouble. <laughs> and, yeah. And it could be, it could be like, uh, like almost like a, I don't know, romancing the stone. There's an eighties reference or that kind of like where they have to go do something and, and it's, and it forces them to be together. Uh, you know, when maybe they're busy and already lives are starting to go a little different, you know, they got the kid, they got this and it's a, you know, it's not so it's not like let's take a honeymoon, but like we got to do something for the new republic. There's a problem we got to go solve. And now we are left with each other for the first time in years. Yeah, I love what you're pitching because it is the the action on the surface is what motivates the plot. But what's actually at stake in this movie that you're pitching is, you know, Han and Leia finding the spark. <laughs> There you go. Finding the spark. That's finding the spark. Uh, My terrible title uh, for for the genre thing I'd love to see is Star Wars two hander. (laughs) Uh, 
terrible title when that would be the working title. But what I mean by that is it's similar to yours. I would just love to see any kind of buddy comedy or romantic comedy, something that just really focuses on a duo having an adventure. Mm -hmm. You're pitching this great Han and Leia uh, vibe. I would love to see like a, a, a bounty hunter who has uh, captured someone and they're just trying to take them to where they're supposed to go, uh, but they get into some other kind of trouble, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. I think that's where comedy meshes really well in Star Wars when there is action, there is excitement, uh, but there's all this comedy bubbling up from these uh, two people who are a little bit of an odd couple, but are in something together. Mm. Um the Falcon Winter Soldier just did buddy comedy like really well. And I think it really just got me excited for that. But like, mm. no joke. I mean, I think, you know, uh, Dengar and the accountant, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's some accountant's been cooking the Hutt's books and it's like kind of a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a nerdier type and gets, you know, picked up by Dengar. But then they get in trouble and they got to make their way out together like that kind of buddy comedy. I'm not joking. I would love to see that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm there for that. That's yeah, great. and then uh, other thing for me, big one is I. There's been a lot of bits and pieces of horror in Star mm-hmm. Wars. Uh, Clone Wars, in particular, had some great stuff. I think that opening scene of Rise of Skywalker and uh, Palpatine's a uh, terrible uh, mad scientist lab. Um, but I would love to see full on horror movie uh, like people stuck in a Sith temple, uh, mm-hmm. the haunting of Ryloth, um, that kind of thing. Nothing. Um, not not like Saw, nothing too gory or too torture porn, but much more this psychological horror, much more like a, a haunted house in a Sith temple. Look, you know me, man. I get scared real easily. So this would be a challenge <laughs> for me to watch that in Star Wars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we'll arrange the um, all lights on in the theater <laughs> screen uh, of the haunting of Ryloth. Uh, and last, Very last one for me is... Um, elements of this in many different Star Wars stories, particularly Attack the Clones, but the, mm. the private detective noir uh, with the the kind of uh, the detective who's really trying to figure something out emotionally as well as a plot, uh, but then marrying that to the political thriller. You know, mm. I'm thinking of things like um, uh, Raymond Chandler's stories always have an element of class, of its rich people doing something kind of awful uh, or, you know, Chinatown or LA Confidential. A lot of those things that we think of the private detective noir with the shadows, a lot of them are all always about political corruption. And so, yeah. you know, a shadowy tale of Coruscant corruption told through uh, some sort of jaded private detective character would be great. Mm. Can, can Obi-Wan do that too? Can we do not- <laughs> Yeah, I think we should just do it all. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big Kenobi. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Great ideas, terrible titles. That's what we have to offer today. Uh, thank you, Douglas, for the really fun question. I'm sure we'll be having more discussions about the big genre swings in Star Wars. But for now, we're going to go on to our final question from Ton Wee Twitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's really good. Uh, Tanwi says, hey, Force Center crew, long-time listener, long-time listener, first-time commenter. Uh, it's time for a Star Wars Lord of the Rings crossover. If you could choose one creature from Star Wars to live in the Lord of the Rings universe, which would you choose and where would they live? Also, which Lord of the Rings creature would you like to see in the Star Wars universe 
Would Borgullet reside on Mount Doom? Would you like to see Ents on Endor? Thanks for all the fantastic content. Uh, thank you, Tanwi, for uh, supporting us on Patreon. And thanks for this great question. Ken, you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. Where do you go with this Star Wars Lord of the Rings crossover? I am. I am. And I, I love the movies. I haven't uh, taken a deep dive into the books yet. Believe it. Like, don't come at me, people. I finally got a copy of very nice gift for uh, my engagement that's uh, uh, like a personalized, like handbound version. Uh, I'm going to dive into that. Uh, and I, I, so I've made pals with this guy named Daniel Falconer. He works, he lives in New Zealand, works for Weta. So Joseph, anything we pitch, I'm, he's a big Star Wars fan. I'm convinced he could make down at Weta. All right. So let's, let's do this. Here. Let's he can just it. paste it in. Yeah. He can just paste it in. Um, so for Star Wars creature in Lord of the Rings, uh, I am uh, talking, uh, talking about a Rancor. Give me a Rancor. I think of a Rancor as a less fiery Balrog, uh, <laughs> you know, that uh, Gandalf, uh, you know, you shall not passes, uh, I, you know, not on the surface, not roaming around Middle Earth, but just deep down, like in, in the cave somewhere. Uh, what, what could you do with a Rancor? Could you befriend a Rancor? Could you ride a Rancor? You know, could you tame it and tame that beast and use it for your quest for good? That's a challenge for you there. Uh, you mentioned Ents on Endor. That's a great idea. I, I thought about the Ewoks just overall. Uh, similar to like elves in, in Lord of the Rings. They live in the forest. They live in their kind of, they're here to help. They're part of the, the part of the, the, the plan to, to make things okay, but they, they kind of keep to themselves. You know, they're not sure. They're getting ready to maybe head. They, you have to convince them. Are you worthy of our help? Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's Chief Chirpa, Low Gray, and Ewok. So maybe they do a good crossover there. Some fellowship, some intrepid fellowship going into Bright Tree Village. Not unlike our rebels and, and uh, needing their help is where I go on Star Wars to Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. No, I like that a lot. Uh, having watched a couple of those uh, episodes of the uh, 80s Ewoks cartoon, I yeah. think the Ents would drop in there just perfectly. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So for myself, uh, for Star Wars creatures in Lord of the Rings, I don't know why my mind just went to Boga the Varactyl. Um, oh, maybe yeah, because it's yeah. a named creature. Uh, but I could see uh, Boga the Varactyl uh, trying to run the ring up to Mount Doom, right? Um, <laughs> There's so much uh, uh, focus on, you know, the bird. Why didn't the bird just take the ring? Like, right, right, right. Why, why didn't the Vractor just run the ring up there? Come on. I could see that. Yeah. Boga could do it. Uh, and then for Lord of the Rings in Star Wars, uh, I think it's because that Balrog scene is so memorable with the you shall not pass. Um, mm -hmm. But I just uh, kept uh, imagining the, the Balrog uh, popping up on Mustafar in the middle of uh, yeah. <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan's battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for this right now, Balrog. Right next to the Eye of Webbish Bog, right? <laughs> yeah, the Eye of Webbish Balrog. There we go. We there we go. To, we'll ask your friend to add it. Yeah. Uh, last thing that I wanted to share is yeah. I feel that Tom Bombadil in the Bendu are mm. definitely friends and they definitely hang out and sing weird songs together. There you go. There you go. And yes, and I, I understand, folks, that is from the books. Yes, I know. I know. I know Tom Bobadil. Uh Yeah, for me, from Lord of the Rings into Star Wars, uh, Wargs, you know, the Warg Riders, Two Towers, uh, the Orcs riding them. Um, wargs, so you can ride Wargs. So, so maybe some Mandos on Wargs and maybe mm. some Jedi on Blurg. Blurgs? I don't know. The Blurgs are real nice, but they're, they're fierce. But just some, some burden of beast battles in the fields. I like, this is, I might just be hungry, but you're starting to sound like you're describing deli sandwiches, right? Mm. Like, oh, a yeah. Jedi and a Blurg? That sounds tasty. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a named sandwich. I'll have the Kenobi, his capers on it. The ham on rye, the Jedi <laughs> on the Blurg. Mm. Yeah. Capers. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's a great question, Ton Wee Twitty. 
Yeah, absolutely great question. Great fun. And it is fun to pull in our different interests as we uh, celebrate Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Those movies are heading towards their 20th anniversary this year, right? The first one? Uh, Yeah, crazy to think, but yes. 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 Sorry to bring that up, but... (laughs) Trying to face reality. Anyway, those are our questions. Thank you, uh, Tanwi, Twitty, Douglas, Revan, and Mike. All great questions. Great questions indeed. Hey, if you want to find us online or hear more from us, uh, maybe you're relatively new. Maybe the Bad Batch brought you in here. Uh, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Force Center Podcast. YouTube as well. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and check us out on Spotify. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, you can find me at Ken Knapsack. Go to my website, kenapsack.com. And as always, you know, a lot to, uh, lot to, uh, you know, lot to consider out there, but uh, I I am uh, working with a group right now over at the Good People Association, uh, working with a group called the Battle Buddy Foundation at uh, tbbf.org. They uh, work with veterans and uh, especially those who suffer through PTSD, and uh, they provide service animals for veterans to help them reintegrate themselves back into society. It's a great cause, and we're going to be doing some... uh, uh, in studio work with them over at the uh, GPA, but uh, just want to highlight them here as well. So, Joseph, uh, yeah, you can find me um, social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and then you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all my other comedy adventures. Uh, and I always like to recommend uh, the service Vote Forward. It's a place where you can write letters to try to help convince people to use their power and get out and vote. That website is votefwd.org. There you go. Check that one out. Uh, thanks again for everyone uh, listening here to this show from Kenobi to Wargs in Space and a lot more. We thank you all. This was Force Center.